Hello and welcome to episode five of Fox Gloves Road to the Ritz. How are we? How are we? Hello! Hello! Five? <laughs> yeah. It's episode five already. Five, Good. man. How does time fly? It's crazy. Well, it doesn't fly. It doesn't fly. It doesn't fly at all. We can tell you we haven't made it to the Ritz this week. No, nope, that's why we're still There's more of us, fuck's sake. <laughs> Nobody really wants us here, but you know, we, have, we haven't made it quite just yet. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Who yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe by the time this podcast is out, we will have. But talking about going to the Ritz, this week we have had our first gig back. Oh, I thought you stayed at the actual Ritz. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't staying at the Ritz, no. Um, in fact, it was the rubble. It was Liverpool. Liverpool. Um, <laughs> so we played with the Rosellas at, Lim- at Limmy's Jiverpool. <laughs> oh, I love it there. I love Limmy's. I love Jimmy it Paul. there, Limmy's. Limmy's, what a place, man. Um, and it was it was mad, wasn't it? First gig back. Lovely to be back, wasn't it? Was it was lovely. It was incredible. It was very daunting. I Yes. Ooh. Ooh. First time Ooh. we actually used a backing track. Yeah. Throughout the whole set. Yeah. I think it's more daunting for me. Liam didn't count yeah. in a few times. I yeah. was really worried because I worry about you, Liam, because if you don't come in, then I've got to talk to everybody. Yeah. Abby doesn't like talking. She doesn't think talking. As we said on that night about 20,000 times, it's good to be back. Well, what would you have said? What would you have said? All right. I would have gone, it's good to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was good to be back. It was good to be back. So, shall we get into how the gig went? Play the jingle. Oh, it's building up. Oh, honey, it is. What went well this week? So, Joe, what went well this week? Well, as I said, we played our first gig. It was it was busy. Um, live music back, baby. Live music's back. We are back. We are playing gigs. Um, and if you have a look on the Instagram, there's plenty of gigs. I'm sure that we're going to be near you, and you can come mm-hmm. see us play. Definitely like playing gigs. Yeah, right, yes. oh, I just. Say um, that. I just want to say a big thank you as well to the Rosellas as well for having us because it was a very last minute gig. It was, and yeah. They were amazing, like such good people. Like they brought all the friends, they made the friends come early to watch our set. The guy Drew, who's the singer, he told me, he said, let me know when you're going to start and I'll bring all my mates down. And it was just good vibes, you know. Yeah. It was really nice we to have had, that experience. We even had people calling us on the stage like... Next up is Fox Club. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Hype man. That was yeah. like Saturday night takeaway, something. <laughs> yeah. Come on down. Um, <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, it was really nice because we've not played Liverpool. It, in fact, we left Liverpool. Liverpool was our last gig, wasn't yeah. it? Um, full circle. Full circle. Before COVID, Liverpool was the last venue we played. Uh, but it was nice to be back. And it's so difficult to kind of sell tickets for that event. And it was really nice that the Rosellas. Um, kind of brought a lot of people that they brought mm-hmm. down. Um, that really helps us out a lot. Um, it's quite daunting. I think first gig back, there wasn't going to be much many people there, but it was really lovely of them. I think another thing that it was nice to have back was the return of pre-gig shit food. So yes. before the last gig in Liverpool, I had a Weatherspoons, and then before this gig, I had a Big Mac meal. Me and Joe had a good date in we did. Spoons, didn't we? Lovely. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen Liam's beautiful face and a Weatherspoons plate following. What did you have, Liam? What did you have from Spoons? We don't... <laughs> we, 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 we don't... We, other, other pubs are available. Um, your political opinions are I had are the Tennessee burger. With barbecue sauce. Was it the Jack Daniels barbecue sauce? Yeah. Very nice. What, on, boy. what yeah. did you have, Joe? What did I have at the moment in time? Well, it wasn't Texas. It was just bog standard beef burger. <laughs> Well, I, I, student loan hadn't dropped to that point, so it was uh-huh. it was the cheapest drinks and it was the cheapest burger. Yeah, I think it was an apple juice, weren't it? Oh, it was did, an apple juice. What did you have, Ryan? Uh, I had mozzarella dippers from Mackey's because I can't have anything else, really. Well, you can have other things. Who wants, wants to get the veggie burger, though? Have you, have you tried the vegan wrap? Nah. Oh, it's got to. So it's like um, vegan, like, like falafel, like... They're like chicken selects, but vegetable. Oh, and it's got right. like salsa and spicy things and salad. It's lovely. You lovely. Try it. I'm all right, thanks. 
<laughs> what about like how was the experience of getting into the venue like for the first time and <laughs> painful carrying amps again yeah you know um where 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 our only road is really one day someone will um, do sorry it. sorry me and joe are our only road yeah. you didn't carry a thing down the I stairs drove. <laughs> well, i from drove i drove you don't carry shit do you Excuse drive me do you drive I Apart from do. carrying shit, you don't drive. I wanted to, I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a carrying gear. <laughs> but what went well, I think, overall... Just everything. The gig, the sound. I looked at Joe in the eye. Yeah. And I just knew. We had yeah. a little bit of a moment. We had a little bit of a moment. I know. I think the backing tracks went really well. Even if some of the starts are a bit shaky, but that's from not playing for a whole year. Yeah. And yeah, I, I felt very conscious on the stage again this time. I don't mm. normally feel conscious. Yeah. I normally get this nice, like, high feeling from it. And I, I didn't get it just because it was the, the eyes were on me again, which is, which is fine. But I just, yeah, it's very scary again. But with every, every, every sunshine, there'll always be a cloud that follows. It's going again. Building up. What went not so well this week? So Liam, I'm going to pass this question on to you. We're going to get the the violins. We're going to pull up our heartstrings because us, our strings, <laughs> <laughs> our our strings. Because Limmy's Liverpool wasn't going to be our first gig back, was it? No, no, no. Indeed, it wasn't. And, and you're correct and there, mate. Why is that, Liam? <laughs> we were supposed to be playing. Rivfest in Warrington with everything they think, the band, you know. Good band. Good band. Um but I got COVID. Everyone boo hoo. You got all nineteen of those C's. Yeah, so we couldn't play it in the end. Uh I had it quite rough to be honest. Yeah. Um Tell us got, about your experience. You look like shit. Well, you know, you didn't it's look the very usual happy. thing. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't good, was I? It was very rough. Um, but also on the back of that, like of of the back of my time in COVID, um, you had time to reflect, did you? No, I mean, <laughs> going. That's when the Liverpool gig came back. It was literally like the day after the yeah, isolation yeah. ended, yeah. wasn't it? And my God, did I feel rough after that gig? Uh, me and Joe did not speak one word in no, his car so, on the way home. So, <laughs> so Abby took Ryan and I took Liam and and I was so tired. Why the fuck did we play Feeder? Well, well, we thought it was a good idea. It wasn't um, even a good album. Um, <laughs> That's what didn't go well. It is a good album and you can't deny it. It didn't even have... He's got a brand new car. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the only good song on that album. I, I, I need to actually figure out which what the album is called right mm. now. See, that's the thing. You get in the car with Joe, you listen to shit music. You get in the car with me, you have an 80s party. Wow. These two, yeah. oh, Thanks, Ryan. It was sick. These Thank two you. came back and had a drink and everything. And yeah. me yeah. and you just went bath and bed. We were up I was so tired. Partying. I had to go back home. Yeah. Right now, to be fair, with Fader, we should have listened to the singles album because yeah. that has got oh, yeah. that has got all the Greatest bangers hits. on it. But the album that we listened to was, was actually long. comforting sound <laughs> just the way I'm feeling come was back around was it comforting sound though I don't think it, it was, was a track I knew the first song you've also got Godzilla <laughs> let's go Godzilla like that and it's the only heavy track on, and on the whole I'm sat there you know dazed and I've got that screaming in my ears it was good though wasn't it it was good fun yeah, I could tell. Experience. I could tell from that video that we put on our TikTok. If anybody wants to look at it, we are Fox Glove official on TikTok. Um, oh. Mic drop. When we did that warm up, and me and Joe were doing the warm up, you looked like you wanted to not be there at all. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was still. I was feeling achy to be honest after after being in bed all the time, you know. And then, um, all right for some. Uh -huh. And then you've got to go and play a full set on the drums using four limbs. Do people know me? Have <laughs> number well, six, five in Liam's case. Unless you're seen the size of it. You've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> never seen an yeah. octopus play drums before. No. 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 Well, there you go. Anyway, I felt like shit. Yeah, let's get on to the next section. Yeah. That really went wrong. Yeah, so basically, in a nutshell, what went wrong? Liam got COVID, we couldn't do a gig, and then he was tired for the next gig, so... But I still smashed it. But he still smashed Stay it. Stay weird. Stay weird. And, and that's the benefit of it, you know? You can feel shit, but you just got to do it, because if you want to play the Ritz, you can't be in bed all day, because 
you don't feel well. It's but either playing the Ritz or a Toblerone box. Do mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather have the Toblerone. I'd love Toblerone. Anyway. Have you tried, like, the funky flavours of Toblerone? Yeah. Good, aren't Like they? the white chocolate? Dark yeah, one. Yeah, the dark the one's Oh, no, dark one. chocolate can toss off. Yeah, I'm not into dark, dark chocolate. Dark one. Mm. Guest of the week. We got a guest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. This week, um, our guest is Drew from the Rosellas. Hello, Drew. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we got you on because in this episode of the podcast, we are talking about returning to live music and you guys gave us the opportunity for our first gig back. So we thought, let's talk about it. Yeah, man. Let's talk about that night in Liverpool. That night in Liverpool. <laughs> oh, my God. How was it for you? Was that your first, that was your first one back as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we'd done like a little um, a little acoustic set at our local boozer, but that like, it's not a proper fucking gig, is it? And we didn't have um, drums and stuff on it. But it was good for us, man. It was a long time coming. We spent a lot of time in the rehearsal room, as I'm sure you lot did. And, you know, you're like perfecting your set and making sure that when that moment comes and you're back on stage, you're not shite. You know what I mean? Everyone's got to see <laughs> yeah. that you've yeah, been but- putting the work in. Um, but yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing with other people. You know, that was the best thing about it. Like meeting you, like listening to your set. Like the playing part is all fun and that, but I've heard our songs five million times. And, you know, I've, <laughs> I've missed listening to other bands that I've never known and meeting people like yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely the best way connecting. Yeah. So, and yeah, like yeah. we found with you as well, like we don't find with like many other bands that. Like, you were dead friendly and talking to us. Like, mm-hmm. not that people aren't friendly, but you were especially oh, friendly. It was really nice. Shade there. We've had some, like, proper gigs, right, where we've turned up and, like, you walk in the room and instantly it's, like, Battle of the Bands atmosphere. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh, man, 100%. And, like, as, like, the front man, I make it my fo- I make a point to go to people and say, like, hi, how are you doing? I am so-and-so. What's your name? You know, are you excited? Because... For, to me, there's no fucking need to be competitive. If if you think you're good and you you confide within yourself that you're good at what you do, then who cares what other people yeah. put you on? You know what I mean? It's like if someone walks in the room and you're going to be asked about what they think of you, so you're going to look at them weird and stare at them and be like, no, we're having a longer sound check than you. You're in the wrong <laughs> game, mate. You know I've what definitely noticed that before, yeah. So, it's- yeah, I thought... That's what I was saying before. It's good to meet people that are like-minded, you know, doing the same thing as you, they're into the same kind of music. You lot are all students doing the same thing. Like, you may as well just get on with each other because there's no... It's more energy to be a dick. <laughs> Definitely. Right. And especially sort of, like, the first gig back, having such, like, a, a nice headline band coming to chat with us was really lovely. But also, the fact it's given us a better outlook on what to do when we get to gigs, you know... We've spent the past three years gigging with this kind of stigma of this battle of the band stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really nice to get to a venue and kind of learn a bit from you guys as well of how to act. And especially after so long before being at a gig. Mm. I mean, we're certainly not professionals, man. There's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> it's still learning like you, you know what I mean? But all, all I do is if I'm at a gig and I think someone's being a knobhead to me, I make a point out of not behaving like that at my next gig to someone else. That's a good motto to go by. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be hostile, man. Too many people are. It uses confidence in it. And you brought all your mates as well when we were on, like, which is is mad because obviously sometimes support's like it's hard because no one's there, but you brought everyone down. Of course, man. I've been in that position. Like, literally me and Luis were gigging way before the band. He's the keys player. We were gigging like a couple of years before doing the band, and I've literally done countless gigs to like my mum and the sound engineer, and that is yeah. it. And like, it gets to the point that when when you've travelled to Liverpool with four of you on stage, you've done a sound check, you've brought your fucking instruments, you've put your clothes on, you don't deserve to play to two people. You know what I mean? And more often than not, the headline band will have their fans upstairs or in another room or down the road in a pub, and I just think always happens. Yeah. Get into the get into the gig and watch the support band because they're here to play 
Yeah. yeah. We played a show in Liverpool once and uh, the sound engineer was just watching us eating a sandwich. So yeah. that, was, that was one of the best best gigs <laughs> I've ever had. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've got to, it's experience as well. You've got to go through them type of gigs as well, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. You, do, you do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say that you can just go from here to here overnight and you go yeah. from here to a thousand people. You do have to build it up on the rungs of the ladder. But when it's avoidable, you know, some people are just arseholes about it and don't watch other bands. Like, it's, it, like I said before, it's happened to us. So when you turned up, I was like, I don't like to be treated like that. So yeah. I said to my mates, fucking cut your six short, come downstairs, watch these. And lo and behold, you were fucking quality. If you were shit, I would not slap for it. So. <laughs> cheers, man. We just cheers. wanted to ask as well, like, um, how hard do you think it is to actually create a fan base and... Um, and how important it is for you guys to keep that fan base like coming to your shows? Mm. It's a difficult question. It's got a few sides to it. I would say for us in the early days, um, I mean, we sort of still are in the early days, but in the early, early days, like the first six months, it was well hard to get a fan base. Like we had mates and people that they'd send songs to and then your family, and that's about it. And a few of our peers made the mistake of inviting their friends to every single gig they did in Manchester, and they do like... A gig every single week and they only yeah. saturated it the mates just stop coming eventually because it gets boring it loses its spark for them that's, you know that's what, I mean? what we found out yeah, as well recently yeah. we were gigging a bit too much in you like the same yeah. places like the you know like the castle in manchester you, you know yeah. everyone's done that um, weekly <laughs> while in the early days it's important to get hours under your belt and just general experience of gigging you've got to be careful that you don't over invite people and you've got to look at ways to get new fans and for us that started coming about when we got like we luckily did an online gig um with like liam gallagher and blossoms and sam smith it was all like part of this online festival thing that's amazing that yeah bumped our listeners up by like an extra thousand a month and then although that deteriorated back to say what like 400 you're still retaining 400 people that didn't yeah. know about you and more importantly they're not your mates so they're gonna come to gigs they're gonna buy your t-shirts you can't get your fucking friends to buy all your t-shirts can you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, depends how many you got mate <laughs> it gets easier you know the bigger you get the more followers you get on instagram everyone looks at it like oh fucking hell we're missing out here like let's follow them and it, it gets it's like exponential the growth yeah mm -hmm. definitely and you've just played Isle of Wight Festival as well. How was that? We did. That was cool, man. That was very cool. I won't lie to you. We did um, we did Black Grape the day before in uh, in London at the O2 Islington. And we were knackered after getting the bus down. And we were the first band on. We I think doors opened at quarter past six, yeah? We went on stage at 25 past six. So you can guess how many people in the room there were. <laughs> yeah. 15, of which we were five and the bar staff were the other ten. So that was, you know, it is an experience, man, to play. Of course, that kind yeah. Of we've been down to London, and we've had, had literally we've one person same. in the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, it's a bit depressing, isn't it, man? I mean, yeah. I'm a singer. Surely you must be singing and look up and just think, oh, fuck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you travelled all that way in a megabus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like the next day it was a lot better. To be fair, we were on like relatively. I think it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so we were skeptical thinking like you know what who the fuck's gonna even be out of bed at that time but <laughs> it amazed us like a lot of people came down i think maybe had about 300 350 people in this oh, little tent well and, done, like, man. Good, yeah. were outside walking about it's in a good place it's on the way to the main stage so punters were just Got getting past it, yeah. and a buddy and then they'd hear a bit of guitar and then come in and watch and because we're half decent they'd stick around you know yeah um, that made it worth it big time, man. I really, really enjoyed that. I met some cool yeah. people. Yeah, I bet you got a few connections from doing that as well, didn't you? Sort of. So I think the, we reinforced our relationship with this feeling that we already had. I don't know if you guys have ever done anything with this feeling. Yeah, yeah one yeah. or two before, yeah. yeah, they seem yeah they're, they're good guys to get in with. I wouldn't I wouldn't put all your eggs in their basket like some bands do. I would encourage yeah, yeah. anyone to self-promote shows as much as they can and, you know, keep their own control of things but this feeling of good with little opportunities like that here and there you know if you it's like tit for tat you do something for them they'll do something for you so off the back of that we, we've got that headline in december that i told you about and then we'll, we'll have a few more gigs coming off it but other than that i was shit-faced and not really in a good place to, <laughs> to anyone of any of any stature in the industry so i couldn't tell you who else <laughs> So yeah. sort of like talking about sort of like self-promoting gigs and stuff um, 
through the grapevine, I've heard that you've got a new sound engineer and things. Um, I know. I'll go to you. I'll go to, I'll go to uni with Bloomer. Have you found it kind of easier with um, getting a sort of team behind you and doing those rather than as a five sorting that all out to, like on your ones? Well, we've since the early days we've always tried to self-promote shows as much as we can by um, simple things like. I'm sorry, I'm going to turn my phone off the Wi-Fi. Oh <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, Simple things like hiring out, like the first one that we did um, at Castle, I think we just bought out Castle for the evening and then just sold the tickets ourselves for a ticketing app and then we keep all the fucking money, you know what I mean? When you do the promotions company, they'll they'll put you on two posts or throw you on a poster with four other bands and then you'll get like 50 of your mates down and you'll get 10 of each for it. And that was initially... We did that a few times. We got bummed at night and day once. We got bummed at band on the wall, and we were just like, fuck doing that. Like, If we can keep our own control of it and make more money, and then also we say goes, so we can be the headliners, say you's wrong with us. You want 40 minutes? Yeah, 40 minutes. You want going at this time? Yeah, yeah, do it. You're like your own boss then, and you reap all the rewards. Yeah, um, it's but scary, isn't it? In the band, man, it's, it's easy. I'll, I'll like book the venue out, mark the drummer, will make the poster, like Ollie and you, and all sort the rehearsals out. You know what I mean? You can kind of like dice it up a bit between you, so the workload isn't too much. Yeah, it's scary when you get like a promotion company saying, right, sell 70 tickets, even though you're like first on and you're going to get that graveyard shift. And it's just like, mm-hmm. that's really exhausting. And, you, you know, you feel like you're bugging a lot of people that aren't even listening to your music as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've had a discrepancy with a lot of promotions companies. And don't get me wrong, some of them are absolutely golden. And I think this feeling of potentially one of them because that some of them are genuinely in it for the right reasons, which is support and, you know, pride in, in the music of Manchester and upcoming artists, should- but others are in it genuinely just for their game or for their yeah and it should come down to talent really as well shouldn't it like how good a band mm-hmm. that is because it, it is for me it's gone to the days where someone comes to a gig sees a good band and thinks fucking hell yeah i'm going to take them on no, no matter even if they haven't got many people there mm. i know they're going to be good enough but these days it's all about selling tickets it's isn't quantity it? over quality these yeah. days yeah 100 percent. yeah i would agree man i would agree because now there are different channels that they need to look at, like sellability, marketability, marketability, and all that. Market yeah, you won't have the social media back in the day. Confusing myself now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they look at things like that. They look at your social media presence and your pull on tickets. You're exactly right. You can't, you can't just have that Hollywood story anymore of being Oasis playing in a club to 20 people and a yeah, record yeah. label walks in and signs you. It's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, we've had labels come up to us saying... Um, we spoke to a guy of BBC Radio 1 um, through BIM once and he was like, labels aren't really going to look at your music. They're going to look at your online presence more than that now. Yeah. So that's got to be more up to scratch than actual, actually like, trying to get singles out and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is very strange when you think about it. It is, man. It is. It's, it, if we, if as a group, if us and you lot were around in the 90s, we'd be fucking millionaires, mate. My uni have sort of told me as well, and what we've sort of, our ethos as a band, what we've tried to do is get get our, like, oiled working machine as close to completion as possible. Like, we fund our own singles, we promote our own gigs, we pay for our own rehearsals, things like that. We've got our own producer, our own sound engineer, so that if the day comes when a label is interested, we can say, right, here's your package, here's your album. It's already been paid for. We've recorded it to a great standard. You just take that, put five million quid into it and blast it everywhere. They're more likely to accept that than find some little singer-songwriter in a bar with no following and gamble on him by putting millions or, or her, gambling on him by putting in millions of pounds to them for them not to work. You know what I mean? You've got to you've got to put yourself at a level where it's impossible for a label to say no, I think, in my opinion. Anyway, yeah, good advice, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the show that you did at Alvilly Edge as well, just going back to, like, your shows, um, was that put on by yourself as well? Yeah, yeah. So that, that came about because um, 
I'm from a place called Hamforth. I don't know if any of you know where Hamforth is. Yeah, I know yeah. where that is, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from Hamforth and I went to Wilmslow High School. Um, Ollie's near Manchester Airport near Wivenshaw. Ewan's like near Wilmslow. We all were sort of like around Wim High, so we went to Wilmslow High um, and got a load of mates through through there. That was sort of like our local scene. Um, I'm not a posh twat, by the way. But, <laughs> um, Wilmslow says otherwise, mate. It, it's just down the road, man. And there was a big, massive hall there and we were thinking one day, like, oh, we want to put a gig on, but I don't want to do it in a pub. You know what I mean? We can sell 250 yeah. tickets here. Why don't we do a big venue somewhere? So we bought the hall out, sold 250, hired a sound engineer, hired some uh, PA stuff in and you know just set the stage up and did it ourselves and like i said to you before we you know we sold tickets at five reach 250 people we keep all that money there we don't have to pay off some promoter that's been sat on his ass doing nothing but posting on instagram yeah exactly and it's better as well because i think as recently i've noticed promoters are charging like nine ten pound for gigs and i think that's really cheeky like to ask your mates to pay (laughs) <laughs> it's ridiculous and that I think much money every time an hour's worth of work to come see you for half an hour like yeah. people can't afford yeah. that no it's in my opinion it's always been justified by the amount of bands they have on right they've always yeah. said to me there's this thing ringing in my ear it's like oh it's great value for money it's great value for money yeah there might be five bands on the night so what everyone pays a tenner a ticket but everyone goes to watch their mates. Everyone yeah, exactly. knows it. You know it, I know it, the promoter knows it. They're not going to stay there the full night. Maybe if you're 42 with a kid, you might because you're bored. <laughs> you're a student, you're going to turn up for your mates, you're going to watch them, and then you're going to fuck off to another bar and go for a pint. So that's how they've always, in my opinion, justified those more expensive tickets. So whenever we've done gigs, even if we've had one or two supports, we've just set a standard, if we can, if it's self-promoted as a fiver, for a ticket because I've always thought to myself if one of my mates was saying come down to a gig and he said oh it's seven pounds 29 I'd be like fuck off mate just make it a fiver it's just easy and if it's cheap you know you're helping your mates out they're gonna come and support you they're gonna buy the beers everyone's just happy then aren't they and the numbers yeah. the numbers uh, always make it look better don't they yeah. yeah I mean us in the past like we've like bartered with these promoters and said just if we can just have our tickets for a fiver like yeah. we won't take any payment because mm. we'd rather have our mates there or like people there and paying less money than making like 20 quid yeah between four yeah. of us exactly i think you, you've got the right kind of frame of mind like we did that it's not uh, some people in this game are out for the money too early i think every, all of us want to get rich man all of us want to have a yeah. big block you, put, you throw more money in than you would he receive at the start anyway don't yeah. you yeah like, exactly you gotta wait to reap the rewards from it at the minute you gotta you gotta be willing to make sacrifices but if you're in control of that sacrifice like it, for example i'll use oldly as a case study when we did that the whole the pa hire all stuff like that, you know it might set you back 400 quid half a grand and you're all thinking like fucking i'm not gonna be able to go out this weekend but then when the gig's done the ticket money rolls back in and you're all absolutely laughing and it, it you know it goes round in a cycle like that and if you're willing to lose out in the meantime then you're going to gain in the long run aren't you have you got, have you like ever done anything like that have you you know put like your own little show on yeah we did one in uh, yeah, jimmy's. jimmy's didn't we yeah. and uh, we ended up yeah. selling it out actually uh the old jimmy's bar and, uh, one in manchester that's yeah, the one yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's something. Like we did one gig there. It's a weird, weird little venue. Like, isn't it's it strange, isn't it? It's changed now, hasn't it? It's like they've moved now, haven't they? But the one before was actually pretty good, but we ended up selling that out. And it felt so dark in that place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is dark. It's like a little dungeon, man. Yeah. You did that. Well, we get what you mean. Like, when you put one on by yourself, uh, people kind of want to come to it a bit more rather than... It's more rewarding, I yeah, think. Rather yeah, rather than you see someone else doing it. When, it, when it's yourself and you, you're promoting you... You kind of know how you're handling the situation and you yeah. can, you know, it's just a lot easier. Mm. And we did yeah. uh, what I think you guys do. We did a gig swap with a band in Leeds. So we supported them the night after in Leeds. Yeah. But I think we need to do more of them. Like, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think in general just connecting with more bands. Yeah. I think, mm. that's something, I think that's something in our sort of scene that doesn't really happen as much. I think no. people, people are scared of being friends with each other because there's you kind of want something from each yeah other, but you, don't, you, you yeah. want something and there's like that sense of competition where really you are just all there to help each other out it's not a sense of yeah if i get them on a gig then they're gonna steal half our fans it's sharing them yeah. one band can reach the top so yeah, yeah. 
I absolutely agree with you there, man. The big, like the biggest thing we lost in COVID wasn't just gigging and venues. It was the lack of social interaction with other like-minded people. You all know yourself. Like when I was at high school, there were four boys in my year that played guitar. There was one drummer who was shit, and there was about <laughs> three singers. So musicians are few and far between, and I still feel like that's the case these days. So when you get into a place where you're on a circuit with people, it's like. It's like going on a pub crawl and every single person in the pub being a Man United fan. You know what I mean? I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. It would be nice. You would sit there and get on with him, wouldn't you? And you'd yeah, show of you would. <laughs> you know what I mean? Viva Ronaldo. You're all, you're all sat there about to play a gig. You all like roughly the same kind of music. You're all wanting to be big and famous one day. It's, it yeah. makes sense to me. The, the social connection side of it and to swap gigs with bands and stuff like that and to kind of boost each other up because being competitive is unsustainable because if you're not good enough, you're going to fall flat on your arts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what's coming up next for, for you guys then? What, um, you've got your headline, haven't you, Def? Yeah, we've got um, the, the headline in December. We've got a few like in-between little ones. We're in Leeds this Friday in a couple of days okay. playing at the Lending Rooms for the first time. Um, so looking forward to that. We've got one in Sheffield, I think, the week after. Um, I think we're up in Preston the week after that. I've never been to Preston in, in, in my life, but mm. cool, to, cool to go there. So yeah. kind of like these are little ones that, again, we've just booked out ourselves to, you know, try and fill the gap. You know, we've yeah. got like the big headlines that we're doing and we're, we're going to be releasing an EP towards the end of the year that's been recorded and that's getting mixed, but instead of sitting around doing sweet FA for now, we're thinking like, oh, why not just go and do a gig? Even if it's only 20 people in Preston. Yeah, it's always going to be that one person, isn't it? That's going to like yeah, it, So Exactly, man. Even if it's 40 people in Sheffield, like the, the, the North West music scene in particular, Leeds, Sheffield, Liverpool, Manchester, it's so intertwinable. Everyone likes the same kind of shit. So yeah. if you go to another city, I think, A, you've got to go back there again and again and again as much as you can. You know, like when we did that with using Liverpool, we're going to try and get back there before the end of the year so that locals can be like, oh, fucking hell, Rosellas, I remember them. Oh, Fox Club, yeah, we'll, we'll go watch them. Yeah. Um, because if you don't go back, it it just, it'll die off, won't it? But then I think secondly as well, you've got to be willing to put the slug in, don't you, in other cities. You've got to be willing to start right back at zero people and build up. Doing it, yeah. It's hard when you go to different cities because it does feel like that again, yeah. Yeah, but you can't be a prima donna about it, can you, man? You've got to just go. (laughs) I was like this one day in Manchester. Fair enough. If you build it up in Chef, build it up in Liverpool, before you know it, man, you'll you'll be selling out the North West and then it's on to the rest of the fucking world. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's dominate. I love that. I feel like that's the perfect way to end. Yeah. Yeah. And also let us know where... Our listeners couldn't find you guys as well. Yeah, so um, is, is the name of the band going to be on like the, on the podcast? So like, so oh, it will be yeah, in the title, yeah, in, we'll in lights. Out. We'll put some of your tunes in our recommends as well. Oh, you, oh you're going to make me And uh, we always ask our guests this as well, um, and I forget to tell our guests every time, but it's going to put you on the spot. But what songs or song would you recommend at this current moment, at this current time of day well actually it doesn't matter what time of day but <laughs> four to one minutes past six on the way yeah. <laughs> some of our songs or uh general songs that i'm listening to it's all general. up to you man Je- Je- yeah general <laughs> songs <laughs> well i'm a pretty big fan of a lad called sam fender i know oh yes we just had him on we just had him yeah, on yeah so he, he brought a new tune out literally like yesterday or something called spare yeah. view which is Brilliant. a good song uh, i've been listening to that a lot i listen to a lot of a band called war on drugs which is a yeah. similar kind of vibe. Um, a song by them called Disappearing is a nice one, is a nice one. Um, let me think, I bought an album, Richard, the other day, hang on, where is it? Oh, you're a man who still buys albums, I love it. I do, I do. Yeah. But that, Chris Isaac, Wicked Games, mate. That's my other one. All right, all right. Amazing. We will we'll add those to the playlist that is exclusive yeah. on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been good to have a chat. We should oh, just go online right. sometime and just chat bollocks about this stuff because it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 100%. Same opinion. Yeah. Do you think United are going to win tonight, mate? 
I'm going to the game literally oh, yeah. in like 20 minutes, so I fucking hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm worried, me, mate. Viva Ronaldo. Yeah, Come on. It's going to be embarrassing if we get beat. I mean, Shaw's supposed to be out, which is yeah, a little yeah. bit kicking the dick, but I hope Ronaldo steps up and he doesn't play Fred. If he doesn't play oh, Fred, we're sick sad. of Fred and McTominay, sick of them too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be my United fan. <laughs> What do we need, Abigail? We need a fact, and you've come to the right person because I have got one. Elaborate. So, we've all been to Blackpool, haven't we? I love yeah. Blackpool. The other week. Yeah. yeah. Who did you see in Blackpool, Liam? Oh, I saw the amazing Robbie Williams. You didn't see but, Prince, though, did you? But not the real Robbie Williams. I also saw Queen. It was Wobby Williams. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It was a Wobbly Williams. Anyway, the fact is not about Robbie Williams or Queen or Prince, but it is, in fact, about the Blackpool Tower. All right, go on, so, give it me. When the Blackpool Tower was built, there was obviously no harnesses or anything, so the workers had to actually climb up and hang off the Eiffel Tower. Have you not the seen Eiffel the Eiffel <laughs> Tower? Have you not seen that famous, famous picture, and though? The tower, yeah. all sat on it. Yeah. I so, could not do that. So there was nothing holding them in. But only one person died when constructing sure. the Blackpool Tower. He fell to his death at 100 foot, I think. And that's how health and safety started at the workplace. It is. is it actually? That, or is that just... No, I don't think that's how health and safety started at the workplace. But there was no harnesses. Oh. Imagine building the Blackpool Tower. Imagine yeah. building the pyramids or the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, the pyramids are all right, though, because they're getting Don't open, open up an the, angle, the, aren't they? The theory of pyramids, because... It's another yeah, kettle of fish. Yeah. Joe, what's your fact? So, um, I was having a wee before. Right. And Liam and Ryan were both discussing with me. What? What is, what is the hole in your boxers for? Yeah. You've Googled this, have you? Is there I, a hole in boxers? Have yeah. you never seen the hole? Don't get much action, you see. I'm, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to... Uh, I'll show you a picture later, but like in the front of boxes, if you're not <laughs> aware, if, if you're a person that doesn't wear boxes... <laughs> uh, Ryan used to, <laughs> like Ryan used to not wear underwear. Yeah. yeah. Right, sure. So, so it's got like a gap in the side and then like... Un- and you can pretty much put your whole fist through your boxes if you needed to. Um, well, if you're into me, bloody hell. So, so right, we're going to play a little game. Uh... Can uh, I participate? You can participate. Right. Ryan, what do you think the hole in the boxes is for? I honestly think it's for, which you can't do, um, getting out for a quick wee. Right, getting out for a quick wee. Abby? Where is the hole? Uh, on, yeah. on your genitalia. Right. I think it's for a bit of fresh air. A bit of fresh air. Yeah, we're all just getting our balls out. Yeah. That's true. Do you sweat? Do you sweat? part of our body. You could yeah. undo your zip and just, you know. Um, you get I think it's for, for, I think they're the wrong way around and actually you pivot that bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how old are we? You've got to pull it open. That was a shit suggestion. Hey. Hey. But actually, Ryan, you are correct. Get in. That hole in your pants, according to the internet, is actually for a wee. So when you've got your shirt tucked in, oh right, um, you can undo your fly zip, and then you can do take take you you willy out of your pants, and <laughs> and you can have a wee without untucking your shirt. What do you call yours, Joe? A willy. Right. This conversation is like we're ten years old. <laughs> Next fact, please. Does anyone like vending machines? <laughs> yes. I love yes, vending machines, but when they're contactless. Right. Well, what's your favourite thing from a vending machine? Um, is it is like a snacks vending machine? Anything? I know, I know. When I used to go swimming, I used to get cheese and onion mini cheddars. Well, it's funny you should say swimming. Is everyone scared of sharks? <laughs> Not really. No. No. Well, no. Oh, right. Well, you would be though, wouldn't you? If you were yeah, petrified. Forget this. Vending machines are more likely to kill you than sharks. Oh my god. Yeah. It's um, why a good that? link. Why it is was? that? Liam? What? Why is that? Um, <laughs> he's just googling it. Hang on. <laughs> he's, he's forgotten it. You're twice more likely to be killed than a vending machine. I think maybe because maybe putting your arm in. 
and getting it chaps yeah, and then you might it sucks like, you in. pull you out. It's like 128 <laughs> hours or whatever that film is. Yeah, it could yeah. be. But stuck in a vending but machine. Not in a desert. <laughs> <laughs> not in a desert. You so you start cutting your arm off with, with well, it. Well, if you ever do get your arm stuck in a vending machine, please don't cut your arm off and please just call the number that's on the vending machine. Or the ambulance. Yeah. Or the ambulance. Or the fire brigade. Or your brother. Or my brother, yes. Uh, for context, Joe's brother is a fine man. He's fine man, Sam. Well, he's not though, is he? No, he's not called Sam. Ryan. Um, do you know what? Right, if you try to sneeze too hard, you can fracture a rib. If you try to suppress a sneeze, you can rupture a blood vessel I always in do your that. head. Yeah. I and always die. do that, and you could even die. So <laughs> I always do that. Be bloody careful whenever you sneeze. Just let it out. That's I hate them people. No, I don't hate them. But do you know the ones who got the sneeze? Got, like I that. do that all the time. Me. They got. Do you know when they hold it in? <laughs> yeah. Just sneeze. It needs to come out, doesn't it? Well, do you want me to sneeze all over you? There's, How, there's, there's, the, we're in a pandemic, Rain. Do you want me to sneeze on you? And you got your arm. How loud is yeah. your sneeze? Um, it depends. Well, do you want me to get exactly how many decibels? I'll tell, you, right I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, Abby. Next time I sneeze, I'll record it. I'll see how loud it is. And I'll let you know. Thank you. Oh, Joe, yeah. about cheese. <laughs> did cheese? you ever find out why there was holes in cheese? Yeah, I thought that. Yeah. No, no, I did look. not. We're going to pause the podcast right here. <laughs> Don't play some with music here. Yeah, let's actually not just talk about it. Okay, so probidnolibacterium uses the lactic acid that is made by other bacteria and it gives off a gas called carbon dioxide. This slowly forms not bubbles. Carbon dioxide. A gas called carbon dioxide. Well, I've never heard of that before. I haven't. This slowly <laughs> forms <laughs> bubbles that become the holes. The holes in the cheese are called the eyes. And a Swiss cheese that does not have co- holes in it is called a blind cheese. Sorry for anyone who's just fallen asleep at this point of the podcast. Um, I told you <laughs> that I figured it out, and Liam was kind enough to remind me. Liam thought um, it was manufactured with like. Um, being com- pressed down by these metal things. I did, yeah. And, and then at the end of that podcast, he went, well, what happens to the, the scraps? And he just went, well, maybe they eat them. Fast glove. I'm thinking of something. I've got it in my mind. I, I don't know quite what it is yet, so I'm going to send it to somebody else to answer for me. Tell Abby, me. Abby, g- give, me, give me some random thoughts of your gig experiences. Ooh. Okay, so I'm thinking of my gig experience. This isn't pre, is it? What? You've already thought of this. No, I just no, thought this of it is right thoughts, Come on, right five there. episodes in, get with the programme. I'm thinking, I'm in the Apollo. I'm watching Bombay Bicycle Club. Ooh. Ooh. The confetti's coming down, it's gold. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm young. I'm young. <laughs> you're, go- you're, you're, you're young and sweaty. sweaty. You're 90 years old now. <laughs> yeah. I think I was about 16 at the time, having the best time of my life. Um, and that's one of my favourite gigs. Um, I want a random gig thought from Liam. Oh, how about two days ago? Okay. Come on then. Transmit. Catfish. Transmit. Not transmit, sorry. Neighbourhood. 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 Catfish. Every time I watch them, they're my highlight. They blow me away. <laughs> they're your highlight. They're my highlight. Every highlight. time of a, of a festival or a gig, and they tell you what, they blow me away. My cheeks doing this. Every time they're that fucking heavy. Unreal. I was sweating my tits off, I was. Pass the baton. Go on, right Um. Actually, this is pretty sick. And I don't normally like this sort of stuff. Um, and Abby will know that from today. But when Blossoms were playing at Fifth Festival in Benicassim, they actually did Blue Monday and Let's Dance by David Bowie. And I thought they were the best covers I've ever seen a, a band do. Like they smash out of the park. And like, because I think with a band like that, they always take songs and make them their own as well. So I think that's why they're so good at doing covers. But brilliant, yeah. Good one, brilliant. good one. Josephine? Uh, uh, I've been I've been trying to think of one the whole time. Come on, this is not no thing. Last gig you went to. Last gig I went to. (coughs) Larkins. Tell us more. Uh, I had my first. So we saw local Manchester band. um, First what? (laughs) 
I'll tell you. Um, so we saw local Manchester band Larkins um, in Manchester a couple of weeks ago. Lovely lads. Brilliant gig. And I had my first crowd surf. I, um, did I you? Were you and my dad were there as well? My mum and dad were there. Were they watching you? Kyle picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I looked around at Super everybody brilliant. and went, I'll be back in a minute. Um, and I think it was pieces they were playing. It was a bit, bit of a heavy bit. And I went into the pit and I was, saw these guys and I was like, oh, frame me up, frame me up. And then they you did. You do that a lot, don't you? Yeah. yeah, but you, usually, like when I've seen people crowd surf in the past, like the bell end that was in Sound Control Basement that booted me head like up five times. He wasn't very <laughs> nice. When you get to the end, there's these like, security guard or something that catches you in there. Nobody. Really? Nobody. What but, happened? I, I, I hurt my leg for about three days. <laughs> Um, you don't get kicked out. Referee. You don't get kicked out for crowd surfing. Some people do. It's me. It's me. <laughs> to be <laughs> not fair, get kicked out for crowd to be surfing. Fair, you look like a lanky piece of piss, so like anyone could pick you up. I actually have a funny story to add to this, speaking of being kicked out. So my friend went to a festival last week and they got kicked out because their friend threw a sausage at the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> a sausage? Yeah. No, where did they get a sausage from? Uh, they smuggled it in in the trousers from where the spoon Why was I was at a festival watching Liam Gallagher <laughs> and someone threw a fish on the stage at him <laughs> and he was like, who's thrown that fucking fish? Ali's <laughs> hit me with it. So <laughs> our, our second guest for the podcast, Matter of Mind, I saw that um, I, I would have been 16 at the time and it was at, um, it was at the Grove in Hazel Grove and, and Grove in Hazel Grove yeah, yeah. And brilliant y- young little Grove. Joe needed his bedtime and, and I was checking the timesheet and looked at the walls like, so you threw a fish on the stage no no they were like an hour and a half running behind and like the first band was just getting on I was like fuck me I've got school in the morning um, so I went up to the security guard and I was like look mate I've not I've not seen the band I wanted to come see um, like can my money back? And he was like, "You what?" I was like, "Can I have my money back?" You what? So <laughs> he, he called, called me a cheeky bastard and dragged me out. Cause, that is um, a bit cheeky, to be honest. Yeah. Joe, yeah. Why? Yeah, why? Why? Just because he was past your bedtime and he didn't see him? Yeah, well, sixteen-year-old Joe thought it'd be a smart idea. This is the part of the show where we tell you what to listen to. Setting the scene, you've walked out of the venue and, and you can hear the thumping of the music behind you. Maybe we, maybe you're in the smoking area here in the we back. Fucking go. Oh, here we go, here we go. That was the best gig of my life. It was unreal. But can one of you please tell me what was your favourite band to see or artist that we can use for our recommendations for this week? He wants to go first. Not me. I'll tell you what, I've been listening to them as well. And because they've come out with a new song called One True Prince, and it's just fucking sick. It sounds like Deftones, and it's like amazing. We've um, seen this band. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We've seen this band, and it's Don Brocco. And I think they're Ooh. getting a, a lot of new publicity at the moment right now. And I think they deserve it because they're gigs. Brilliant. Honestly, Brilliant. well, they do it live as well. They do fucking like yeah. loads of ac- acrobatic shit and stuff. It's crazy. They do like dance yeah, moves and stuff. Pink does, does, you know, and get from the ceiling. Unreal. And Rob's got a sick mullet, so. Of the mullets. I saw Don Broco when they supported... You Bro- say Broco? Broco. Don Broco. What is it called? Is it, Bro- is it Broco? Hi there, I don't Don know Broco. What it is. I don't know even you know. how they say Don Broco. It. Don Broco. Um, I saw them at um, Bring Me uh, at the arena. In, Bring Me. Uh, for That's the Spirit. It was good. It was for those who them. don't know, that is Bring Me the Horizon. Yes. So what's your favourite gig that you've ever been to? Um, <laughs> my favourite gig I've ever been to, and we're, we're going back to earlier in the podcast... My, my favourite gig I've ever been to it was a festival gig. Was um, Feeder oh. at Masters. Oh. Oh. Honestly, <laughs> it, it was. So we were, I don't want that drive again. <laughs> we were watching the lottery winners, and it was the first Did time we, <laughs> uh, in the tent next door um, to Feeder, and they're brilliant lottery winners. But I had to go see Feeder, um, and I went in, and I was dancing with with a load of dads. It was great. I loved it. She must be hungry. Someone just needs to feed her. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I am actually hungry. I'm Polish. Go on, feed her. Go on, what was, what was your favourite gig, Abby? Right, so I've got quite a few. Lionel Richie. Well, sadly, but I've not seen him. to me. What? Who's, the, who's at the who's top? Who's the, the top? Yeah, who's top dog? <laughs> <Epitome> <laughs> who's the top the other dog? One. Right. 
Is it? Isn't it? Yeah. The epitome. No, I think epitome is good. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's had a top the, the tier, The epitome oh. yeah. of the event was... Who's, all right, who's top dog? Right. Red dog. <laughs> I'm going to say, this gig was a long time ago, so I was very young back then. I was 16 or 17. Can, can, we, all, can we all make a guess? Yeah, you can all make 15. a guess. And I think you'll all be wrong. Oh, the artist. She's only your age. She can't go to a gig at 15, probably. You can. Right. <laughs> you 15. guess. Was it Kylie? No. Oh, uh, Declan McKenna. Nope. Jaws. Nope. But when you were saying that, I actually Swim deep. Nope. Oh, no. It was actually Peace. And the song mm. I would recommend is 1998, mm. brackets, delicious. And you know what that is? That's a cover. It's oh. a bloody cover. Right, I don't know the song, Abby, so it'll be yeah, yeah. Well, Oh, really? What? <laughs> <laughs> they did a cover of the trans classic 1998 by Binary Finery and made it their own. It's really passionate And about it's this amazing. One. And also, whilst you were talking about that, I'm going to just suggest one more, even though... It's not loud, but I'm going to suggest the 1975 Robbers because every time I see that live, I cry. Just that one song? Th- that song from their set. Why do you cry for our it? <laughs> of course I would, yeah. course I, I do. cry at Robbers every time. Oh, my God. But, Liam, it, you may not have cried at it, but what was your favourite gig? Also, oh, Liam's got a 1975 tattoo. Yeah. We'd have to speak for that. Um, <laughs> That was done in Aldi when I was pissed. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Healy would be so proud. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm having a phone call. I don't care, Liam. We'll, we'll have to wait. Who is it? It's my girlfriend. She'll have to wait. Oh, hello. She'll have to wait. Sorry, ladies. He's taken. Sorry, love. Um, anyway, apart from Catfish and the Bottlemen, who is the best live band, um, but I'll go on about them too much. And you'd understand if you actually watched them, right? That's um, <laughs> it? the way he looks then. Um, this person, when I watched um, at a festival, I thought, fuck, you know, you've blown me away there. Oh, and then you. I had to go and watch him again at the warehouse. You had to, and did they make you? I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, who is Mura it? Masa. It's Muramasa. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Blew me away. I've never listened to them. Blew me away. He him. is him. incredible. But he does it all himself. He's amazing. amazing. He plays a guitar, plays piano, does everything. And he's so yeah. humble as oh, well. He's, yeah. See, I mean, he's got one of them caps, so he's got the fucking drumstick in the head. Does he have He's just that guy who stands up and When he moves drum on the back. I may not have listened to Muramasa, though, but... All of these songs are going to be on the Fox Club Recommends playlist. Of course, they are. I thought I, I wasn't really recommending a song. I was recommending a band that we saw. We'll yeah, find same, the top yeah. artists, yeah. songs, yeah. or whatever. It'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's it for this week. Yeah. So have, have, we all, have we all had a fun podcast? It's been a, yeah. been more of a chilled one this week. Yeah. We've not really gone into depth into things, but we thought, fuck it, you all deserve a, a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest. Uh, thank you very much to our lovely guest. And just like say fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> just like every week, we don't know who it is as of yet, but I'm sure they were lovely. We love you. Make sure you stay weird. This podcast goes out to everyone that has bothering on the toast. Can I just say, can I just say, I've never been to the bookies in my life. Hello, Liam. It's Stan from the bookies. Do you have that plaque? Where the hell are you? You're me. <laughs> <laughs> no one owes me a five. <laughs> <laughs>